0: I'm Lily and you're listening to How to Win Friends and Influenza, the podcast. Specifics. Let's talk about specifics. The specific ocean of specifics. So there's a time and place for specifics and specifics referring to defining things down to very minute details. Sometimes it's good. When you want to set goals, you know, that's that's a thing that, that you want to reach things that can be measurable, that you can define, that have some kind of solid basis to them, aren't just like fairy floss and going to dissolve randomly, because that would be really awkward. So sometimes when you're making goals, that's useful. But other times, it's just a little bit too much. Like if you had a GPS that just kept talking forever and telling you every single thing that you're passing, oh, look, there's a tree and there's a letterbox, if it just kept that instead of saying the main streets to turn at. That would actually be more confusing than helpful and who wants a confusing GPS? No one, not even other GPS's. I mean even if GPS's were partially sentient and secretly wish they could date other GPS's so they not so secretly establish a matchmaking service called GPS Meets Bagel, they were looking for love through other sad lonely desperate GPS's even in that universe No one would want a confusing GPS. No one would put in their profile that they are confusing and give too many details. Now, here's a little bit of a spoiler alert. So if you haven't watched Shrek or the princess and the frog, then maybe just skip forward a bit, but let's turn to children's movies to find anecdotes that will help us guide the rest of our lives. Now, Look, in in Shrek, okay, so you've got the parameters of what you think is going to happen. So this princess needs to get true love's kiss or some kind of derivation of that in order to attain what she thinks represents happiness, which is like beauty and all that kind of stuff. So the precursor to like modern fashion, all that kind of thing. That's what she thinks is going to happen and the whole premise is set up to think that it's not going to be Shrek, the onion ogre with the really off-color, kind of sickly-looking skin. And that's not what happens. In the end, of course, she finds out that she can be ugly and happy, too, as long as she's with a similarly ugly and happy person. So birds of a feather live in the swamp together. But it's interesting and it's kind of cool because it's an overturning of what might be expected while surviving within the parameters of what's been set up. That is, you've got a set of rules like you're playing a game and the goal is to try and find the most creative outcome you can while not violating the rules of the game. Now that's Shrek and that's relevant because really all of the best puzzles and stories or movies with cool plot twists, they actually come from finding a way around those specifics. Now the problem is if you set too many specifics, how do you find little viable loopholes? So that's Shrek, that's one example. If we turn also to the princess and the frog, the premise there is that the princess uh, is needed to turn the frog into a human again. Because in this hierarchy, I guess, of discrimination, they're saying that humans are infinitely better than frogs. And I guess that's probably because humans have things like MacBooks and frogs just have like ponds. Anyway, princess is needed to turn frog into person. How does that get overcome? Well, there's this whole complex storyline of turning the princess into a frog and the frogs get married because, again, birds of a feather live in the swamp together. And then the princess exacts her magic and through the magic of nepotism, the frog is restored into a human and everyone's quite happy and joyous. There's a lot of music from, like, that kind of New Orleans period. Anyway, so that's all pretty cool. Again, it's this finding out how do you make a creative outcome? How do you get the best outcome or an optimal outcome given these constraints? Because that's kind of what specifics are—they're constraints. You know, you're doing an examination and you have to finish within one hour. You've got ten minutes reading time and one hour of examination time. So you've got your constraints you have to work with. Let's say if you're going on some kind of exercise regime, maybe you can't miss a certain number of days, or you have to do a certain number of weights. So you've got some kind of rules, some kind of constraints. Alternatively, you can call them specifics. So some are helpful because they give you guidelines in which you're going to work. How are you going to exercise if if your only goal is exercise? Even saying that you're going to exercise itself is a kind of specific. It's just not a very specific specific. So too many specifics, not too good. You know, everything in, in moderation, like a bit of sashimi, good. Too much sashimi. Whole universe is threatened because suddenly you realize there is such a thing as too much sashimi and you thought that was never going to be possible. So going back to overturning the, the average or overturning what's expected, this is where good plot twists come from. Because it's like you've all got the same workings and it's who can solve that puzzle, who can unlock the door to the escape route, given all these Surroundings that you can't change, what can you do with the things that you can change? That's what specifics are. Specifics are a way of setting something in the environment so that everything else becomes malleable and you don't have to think about those specifics. So it can be really futile to try and change something that is already set. Let's say you're playing a card game. Four players, each taking turns to put something down into uh, the playing pile. Or you can't really change what's already been set. You know, let's say you're playing the game cheat or bluff or whatever you want to call it. What's already put down is is set. You can try and influence the future cards that get put down. But what's put down in that turn, when it's your turn to put something down and you've got nothing to put, all you can do is change how you're going to react. Are you just going to you know, take the pile or are you going to try and bluff your way out of it? So specifics are there for a purpose, not to constrain you for the sake of constraint, but to intentionally limit our choices and to be overcome, but in a productive way. So what good games do is they kind of titrate the challenge so that the level of fun is still there. It's like catch-up mode in Mario Kart or starting from beginner levels. You know, you're starting with your level two Pidgeys and going up into your level 100 whatever Pokemon they're up to. I think, I mean, Pokemon kind of got decimated, you know, the day they introduced this weird rubbish bin Pokemon and things kind of just went downhill. So, like, whatever strange kind of alien Pokemon they're up to now, (laughs) like, level 100 of that, you don't start there, you start at something lower. So it's not just the insurmountable obstacle for the sake of it. This is what video games do well, if they are done well, that you kind of go up and up and you get more and more specific as you can conquer it. You get more obstacles as you can conquer it. So let's take a little bit of a more real life example. So thinking of, of doctors or someone who has kind of tied their identity in many cases to what they're doing their whole life. They might come with a certain level of association with what they're doing and it becomes very hard for them to retire in some cases. How do they deal with that being repurposed at the end of their life? Or what happens if there's some kind of terrible tragedies that they can't physically do what they're doing. Like if you suddenly have no hands, is your life over? Well, yes, it is over. That life as you know it, but not your whole life. It might just be a phase. And it depends how you define yourself. So if you are so specific that you define yourself by the exact precise activity that you are doing, then that is a danger of being disappointed. Because if that activity goes, if something becomes obsolete, that's pretty risky. It's like the idea of diversifying your assets. If you know it's a hundred percent amazing investment and you've got a lot of faith, that's fine, you can do that. But you just have to take on the risks. For many people, it's gonna be a bit of a wiser gamble to spread your eggs, you know, to scramble your eggs instead of just to boil one complete egg. Nobody uses baskets anymore, so we won't even go there. But it's the idea of not necessarily tying yourself to a specific activity. If what you think is going to make you happy is just one specific thing, like one particular model of car, what happens when that car goes out of stock or maybe some other priorities change and you realize that making money from whatever career you're doing is not going to make you happy, but you've tied yourself to this idea of getting this extremely expensive thing. Things can change there. So what you want to do is get to the most necessary level of specificity, but not try and cross beyond that if you can help it. So when you define what makes you happy, what brings you purpose, it doesn't need to be an activity like fishing. It might not be that it might be the idea of having time to yourself and having some peaceful kind of presence it doesn't have to be fishing specifically maybe someone would then take up meditation or, or something else that seems to have similar general values to them in that way you're a lot more flexible I mean if the guy who made Pinocchio, if Geppetto possibly could have been a bit satisfied with some kind of wooden kid and then, then was also pretty satisfied with some half wooden kid real boy thing like that's, that's pretty accepting I, I guess so if you tie yourself down too much to specifics that's doable, that's a choice But it comes with risks and as long as you're aware of those risks and you make that choice accordingly then that works. So if you're defining something, a particular thing, very precisely for the purpose of motivating yourself or to reach something because you need direction, that's good, that's okay. But maybe there's an element of flexibility that's needed, that in this GPS system, maybe the S stands for system, well on this GPS minus the system that you're okay with changing your destination if you need. Having malleable specifics. And it just means, like with the idea of, of minimalism, being ready to let go of things if they don't really serve you. Having a minimal number of things that really have to be fixed. But that could be a whole topic in itself. And right now we're talking about GPSers that like to date each other. So, the thing about humans, as opposed to GPSs, is that they can persevere endlessly and tirelessly, and quite stupidly in search of a purpose, in search of some kind of meaning that justifies all of the suffering, because life is suffering. Unless it does turn out that GPSs really get a, a big thrill from like being charged, like I don't know, has anyone ever thought about whether, like in Toy Story, uh, is there ever going to be like a technology story where you find out that, wow, hard drives just really like being plugged in and GPSs get this like electric thrill when they're getting charged. Who knows? So the point is that you can, you can do that. You can persevere blindly and go onwards and you can adapt yourself and you can be flexible and you can find something worthwhile and new regardless of specifics. So specifics should be there to serve you. Not for the sake of defining stuff because you have to. Just like with medical specialization. You should specialize because you have a reason to. Now if peer pressure or some kind of societal pressure was such a strong driver for you that that is a reason enough, then that's reason enough. But it's better to be aware of it than to make choices just by some kind of inertia. So in summary, you want to be specific so that it serves you because birds of a feather specify together.